Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. We have been off for a few weeks and we have just started chatting before we came on air and neither of us could shut up. Clearly we've got quite a lot of opinions about what's going on in the IPL right now so I guess we should get <laughs> straight into it really shouldn't we? Yeah so we're basically just over the halfway period for this year's IPL and as Chris said we were just nattering away earlier off air and there's so much to discuss so we're going to try and keep this under 20 minutes. There's a lot to discuss. I'm still buzzing from yesterday's matches. Obviously on the weekend you have double headers so we had two matches yesterday both of which ended in a super over and not only that the second match went to a second super over because they could not find anything between the teams it was so exciting i was really enthralled throughout the whole game and it speaks volumes like super overs are dictated by the bowlers and I think that was really the most telling thing. So you took the KKR match where Lockie Ferguson was bowling the super over. What a fantastic over that was. And compare that immediately to the Chris Jordan over in the Kings Eleven match. And you go, right, okay, there's there's a big gulf between the team. You actually put it perfectly earlier uh, uh, off air. So if you wouldn't mind reiterating. Okay, let me get this right. I think... Someone said to me, and it resonated with me, because I've always been more interested in seeing what the batsmen are doing rather than the bowlers. And I know, Chris, from a bowling perspective, you've always been the opposite. But someone said, batters win you sponsorship deals and bowlers win you premiership titles. And I was thinking to myself, (laughs) that totally makes sense, because you often see the big bucks deals going to the big batsmen. And if you look at this year's IPL, for example, the top two leading run scorers are both with Kings Punjab. And they could not win a game for love nor money. So only yesterday, I think, they managed to to gain another two points. But as of yesterday, they won one match in eight. And the bowlers, the the leading wicket takers, are from the Delhi Capitals. Well, go figure, they're at number one. Well, exactly. It makes a hell of a lot of sense, really, when you think about it. I guess maybe the best way to go through this is to go through the points table from bottom to top. But I guess, well, Kings eleven are second from bottom, aren't they? Well, they're actually six on the run rate. So at, at the bottom, we've got the Rajasthan Royals. And what was interesting, I was saying to Chris as well earlier, that... how the points table is divided at the moment. You've got the top four on 14, 12, 12 and 10 points. But then you've got the bottom four all drawn on six points. So it's super tight at the bottom. But I think it's going to take a lot for the stars to align for someone, one team that's fifth or sixth place to get into the top tier because I feel like this might be the top four teams going forward as it stands. But let's start at number eight. We've got Rajasthan Royals at number eight. And it's such a shame. We were talking earlier about how Ben Stokes is now back in the team and I think that he had a huge weight on his shoulders coming back into this team. They expected so much from him. The whole world expects so much from Ben Stokes. But it's interesting because I remember watching Ben Stokes in the last year's IPL and he didn't have a great tournament. He didn't get that many runs and then he also then went straight to or had actually come straight from the England West Indies tour where he didn't do that great there either. It was only when he came to England for the summer that he just excelled himself. So I just wonder whether in these conditions he doesn't do so well I don't know I guess it's a it's a pretty fair point I guess from my perspective everything's been skewed a little bit because they're playing in the Emirates and not playing in India but you can't discount the personal circumstances from my perspective I think because he's obviously he's got a lot of family issues at the moment and that 
can't be easy. He also arrived late to a team that were already struggling. And if you asked my brutal opinion, I feel like Rajasthan were, were banking on Ben Stokes to be their saviour and come and save the game. But obviously he hasn't done that. He hasn't been that effective at the top of the order. He's only bowled like one over. And I think... I agree yeah. with you about the, the, the family news and everything weighing on his mind. I do think that's a really good point with what he's just come, come straight from. So it's a lot to ask from him. It's a shame because on paper, the Rajasthan Royals and their first game, they looked really impressive. I don't understand why these guys are in the bottom. Uh, you made a very good point, and I think it's to do with bowling and their their key overseas players are are batsmen. Um, similarly, Chennai, if we move up one place, they have been having some issues with kind of chopping and changing their batting order and utilising their overseas players in an odd way because I know that my big thing with Chennai was they've got Sam Curran and he's been bowling pretty well but they've started opening the batting with him and I can't for the life of me figure out why because he had that one game at the beginning where he was smashing everything all over the place and it it feels to me like a strange thing that they've messed their batting order up and you consider you've got Shane Watson and Fafty Plessis in your top order it felt so strange to me I feel like I I completely understand your point of view there but I didn't mind them trying that for a couple of matches because he's got such a high strike rate that I feel like he was getting lost in the middle order and I think that changing things around is fine every now and again to see whether it worked I don't think it particularly worked very well I think Sam Curran is having a fantastic season he's his points I know from the Dream 11 team that I've been that I've been playing with myself yeah. <laughs> he's been doing super super well but when we were talking about the Chennai Super Kings we were talking about the experience they have on their team they've got MS Dhoni Faf Duplessis Shane Watson Jadeja as you mentioned he's got a lot of experience behind him and I wonder whether that experience is actually holding them back somewhat in terms of progression and explosivity on the field. I don't think we can talk about Faf Duplessis in that respect because he's done so well. Yeah, whereas Shane he's Watson like fourth on the run. Yeah, he's like fourth on the run scoring he's... table or something, isn't he? Duplessis. And his ability in the field as well. He is just so athletic. Yeah. I have to say, and I know that I'm going to have a lot of people that are going to find this really hard to hear, but <laughs> I do think that when we looked at the Sunrisers Hyderabad match, for example, the, the run chase that the Chennai Super Kings had to conduct. MS Dhoni was really struggling and he was getting medication on and off the field. He looked like he had a bad headache. He must have been having a bad day himself, but he was struggling to get those runs, to get those boundaries. A couple of years back, he would have breezed through that run chase. It wasn't that Mm. extreme. And I do feel that he's definitely I know he's retired from international cricket no one's going to ask MS Dhoni to retire from the IPL especially as captain and with his reputation and relationship with Chennai Super Kings but I just wonder whether the older generation are kind of holding this team back a bit now I think it's a very very good point and I know we spoke before we were recording about the idea of the IPL acting as a springboard for young and emerging players. A good example is Jasper Bumrah, who's playing for Mumbai, obviously. And remaining on those older senior statesmen and expecting them to do the job for you is not the most progressive way to think of your squad. Certainly, they are going to help. And of course, you want Fafty Plessis on your team. And I, like you said, up until recently, you'd want Dhoni on your team. But I think, like you said, the only person who's going to decide when MS Dhoni retires is MS Dhoni and no one else, I think. Um, but you do bring... Of course. You bring on a very important point about relying on senior players because the next team up in the 
table is the Kings eleven Punjab, and up until two, three games ago, uh, they were not playing Chris Gale. So with Chris Gale, I didn't actually realise myself that he, he arrived slightly late from the Caribbean. He then was in quarantine. He then got ill himself. He was ready to play and he got, I think it was about a food poisoning or something. Ended oh. up in hospital on an IVF drip. He was actually sick. So that's why he didn't play. But he's oh. been in for the last two games. And he's definitely bought them a bit of energy, his charisma. He's shaken them up a bit. And they've done so well since he's been in. I'm not saying it's down to Chris Gale just himself but his strike rate's fantastic he's super impressive as soon as he gets in front of his stumps he's just he's just wanting the ball to come to him so quickly so he can smash it into the stadium like (laughs) he's done some impressive sixes and he's definitely given them a boost of energy we spoke earlier about the two top batsmen run scorers with the king's punjab we've got kl Rowell, who's just having the most incredible tournament and agawal who i think's so fantastic together they are sensational i'm i'm super surprised that they're are at number six they should be higher they deserve to be higher because they've set some really good totals i don't want to say their bowling sides let them down because they have shami in their squad i don't know what it is it's really down to the wire with a lot of these games as we saw yesterday there's really not that much in it i i think you make a very good point there you know in terms of the indian or the domestic player that i'm really impressed by is actually uh, arshdeep singh who's their left arm seam bowler he's been really very good considering he's a younger player and he's bowling against these titans of international cricket but here's my controversial statement of the uh, of the podcast i don't know why chris jordan is still playing in the squad yeah um i don't the thing is you know i'm not discounting he is an incredible t20 bowler and his death bowling is fantastic but if you look at his stats recently he almost can't buy a wicket and he's going for 45 50 runs in a match and um like we said, the super overs that happened over the weekend, it was Chris Jordan's super over where he leaked uh, 11 runs. And you consider all of the other super overs were like no higher than five or six. And it's those little things that, that make it. And like you said earlier about batsmen winning sponsorship deals, bowlers winning matches. And I think it's time for Chris Jordan to maybe have a bit of a sit down. It's a shame, isn't it? I want, I want him to do so well being an Englishman, but I definitely agree with you. His economy rate has been way too high. It's been so expensive. Yeah. And um, we're going to move on to the Sunrisers Hyderabad that are number five. We Our have team. to remember back at the beginning of the competition, we were talking about how the Sunrisers <laughs> moved Chennai Super Kings off number two spot for predictions in terms of how well they'll do or the winning odds. And actually, they've also not really delivered at all. I want to ask the big question, why has Jason Holder not been played yet? I was shouting at my TV screen last time I saw the lineup. He's ready to go now. He is one of the best all-rounders in the world. Like, just bring Jason Holder in, please. This is a big bowler-batsman balance thing again, isn't it? And I think that, again, Sunrisers are relying very heavily on their big three-gun batsmen, David Warner, Johnny Bairstow, and Kane Williamson. So that really restricts them in terms of the overseas options that they can play and if you think Mohamed Nabi hasn't even played yet and neither is Jason Older and Rashid Khan he walks into the team anyway and I don't think Rashid Khan's had a terrible tournament so far I think he's had a fairly decent one but it's not been an outstanding 
tournament so far. No, but I have to say on the bowling front, I think that the Sunrisers have done so well to kind of, you know, patch up, put a band-aid on the big hole that was created by Mitchell Marsh walking off in the first game and then Boovy. So those are their best bowlers and they've done really, really well. I've been really impressed with Natarajan. Yeah. Natarajan, um, yes, I really like this guy. He's really impressed me. He's another left armour, right? It's, it seems like yeah. the left armours are going my way. Uh, incidentally, to anyone who's listening to this, I'm a left arm bowler, so you're probably seeing a pattern here. He's done so fantastically well and Cahil Ahmed did better in figures last match than uh, Rashid Khan and even they got Vijay Shankar back and he performed really well so I just think that they've been really unlucky with the injuries that they had at the beginning of the tournament and I think that now they're really getting that bowling attack together I just think it's too little too late and they just need to give Jason Holder a chance Moving up to number four we've got the Kolkata Knight Riders which you were speaking about earlier you were really surprised with the change in captaincy Well in in a sense, it was a positive surprise. I actually think it was the right thing to do because Dinesh Kartik is, yeah, of course he's the wicketkeeper, but he is one of their gun batsmen. don't think he's a current India player, but he certainly is a former India player, has captaincy experience, is definitely one of the senior players in KKR. And clearly the captaincy was muddying him and he decided to step down. And it's very fortunate for Kolkata that they've got the one-day captain of England in their squad. So it kind of made sense that Owen Morgan was the new skipper. Doesn't seem to have affected his batting too much. And I know, again, Owen Morgan has had a, quite a good season. He's not done anything amazing. He's not got these big hundreds like that Shikha Dewan or Kale Rahul might have got, but he has consistently performed. You can always bank on him to get you about 30 runs a match, which is crucial in this. The the only problem I can see with Kolkata is Andre Russell. Sound, he always looks like he's bowling on one leg or batting on one leg, and it feels like any moment now he's going to collapse. What do you think? Yeah, his knees are looking like they're going to give out any moment, bless him. He's had so much injury as well in the past that when he's been on top form, he's done really, really well. His strike rate, I think, is actually the highest in the IPL this season. But when he does well, when he gets in, he gets the good strike rate, but that often doesn't happen. It's all about the timing of when he likes to come in as well to bat. Yeah. It's funny, I, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking to Owen Morgan about how this was a couple of weeks ago about how it must be quite nice for him to sort of rest his captaincy hat to one side and just play cricket and not have to think about the ins and outs of the game from a captain's perspective and he was saying yeah it's been really refreshing la, la, la. and now bless him he's, he's been launched back into the captaincy role and I do think you know it, like with Ben Stokes coming into the Rajasthan team I think a lot is expected of Owen Morgan being voted you know the best captain white ball captain in the world and although they are number four now they look like they're up and running they are the bottom of the, the top four and things could change Change around and I think that it's just put a lot of pressure on Owen Morgan. I don't envy him in that respect at all. No, me neither, but the advent of Lockie Ferguson joining their team I think is going to make such a big difference I think he's one of the most exciting fast bowlers around at the moment in stark contrast weirdly to Pat Cummins because whilst Pat Cummins has had a pretty decent show as a sort of lower order batsman apart from Maybe his opening over, his last three overs have generally been quite expensive and he's had quite a difficult time of it all. Yeah, Yeah, I I did expect a bit more from him as well, especially being the most expensive international player of the IPL auction this year. That I'm excited to see what those guys do next. So um, number three, we have the Royal Challengers Bangalore. Team Kohli never won the tournament so far. And they're looking pretty strong, you know. They're looking pretty good. I think they're doing really well. The last couple of games, they've climbed some points on the table. And they're looking pretty, pretty forceful. I think so too. And, you know, there's a huge weight of expectation on Virat Kohli. I remember he had his first three games, he didn't have a particularly good run of it. And now all of a sudden, you can't get him out. 
it just shows very similarly to how people regard MS Dhoni. So much pressure is put on the senior Indian players, especially if you're the captain of India, and a lot is expected of him. But you have people like Aaron Finch and A.B. de Villiers in your squad. It's going to help. De Villiers' knock over the weekend was just unreal. You know, you feel like... You feel like he's gotten to the end or he's getting towards the end of his career or whatever and then he does something like that and shows you he's still very much in this game. I think de Villiers is really, really showing himself. I think Aaron Finch hasn't quite shown his his true ability yet. He's not really had that much time at the crease and he's got out for some really soft dismissals, I think, so far this season. But I've been really, really impressed with Padakal the young Indian um, batsmen. Oh, yeah. Um, and also they have Chahal in their team as well. So they've got some really, really decent players with them. Very, very strong team as well. But weirdly, we were talking earlier about Moeen Ali not playing a game. And it is a shame, and I think he would be an asset. But at the moment, Bangalore seem to have pretty settled squad. So it makes you wonder how he's going to get on the on the field. I'm sure he'll get a run out I really hope point, we but... see him at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wonder whether he can swap him for Finch. One day, I just don't think Finch is really pulling his weight that much to fill an international space. It might just be worth trying that switch for one game, yeah, um, and seeing what happens. Because you know, Moeen does like to bat quite high up of the order in in the shorter format, so he could definitely come in two or three replacing Aaron Finch. We'll see what see what happens with that. Yeah. So then we've got the fight for the top two spots, and I have to say, the Mumbai Indians we were always expecting to be high up on the list yeah. because they are the favourites, they're last year's winners, but. I have been so impressed with, De- with Delhi Capitals. And we were speaking before about the bowlers and they've just, R- Rabada is just on fire. He is the purple cap holder at the moment. And yeah, that Delhi Capitals are looking so strong. It's it's the team of Rabada and Anrik Norkia. I remember I was chatting to somebody on Twitter about this, about who they thought was going to be the surprise package, the one that perhaps people weren't expecting to be as effective. And they selected Anrik Norkia how right they were he's just been incredible I remember over the weekend his first over got punished and he went for 20 odd but then he came back and ended up taking three wickets for almost no runs he's been he's been a real find for them and you've got the captain you know Shreyas Iyer has been batting really well and Shikha Dewan getting that 100 over the weekend at long last because I've always been a big fan of Shikha Dewan I really liked his attitude and finally he's come good and he deserves it so much you know that his figures came up when he before he reached that 100 and it was just sort of the past five IPLs he's got to 93 he's got to 98 he's got to 97 <laughs> and he's never got that century and he deserves it so much he's just a fantastic player yeah I think so too and I think Mumbai are going to be quite bolstered by the resurgence of Quinton de Kock and they've of course got Jasper Bummer who is one of the best fast bowlers around and I think that's going to be the big balance is whether Quinton de Kock keeps this form going and keeps getting runs for them. Also, if Dewan can keep going, I really think that's the big battle is which one of their openers is going to be able to keep this form going in the back end of the tournament. That's that's sort of everyone really, isn't it? So if we had to think, do you think that the the wicket taker and the run scorer is going to change much I think the run scorers might do. I mean, Kale Rahul is just scoring every single match. It's going to be really difficult to chase him. But I do think, depending on who goes through to the next stages and stuff like that, I think that is, I think that's an attainable sort of race. But I do think that Rabada is just so far ahead of everyone else. I think he's, well, at least, is it four wickets? Is he leading by four wickets? Something like that. Something like that, like that he yeah. is, And every single match, he's getting one, two, 
or three wickets. So I just think that he, I don't, I don't see anyone replacing him at the top, and I, and I certainly don't, don't see Delhi Capitals replacing him in the squad. So yeah. I think he's just going to continue. Um, I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to move. I no, and to be honest with you, I think that we're really seeing the shape of the teams, and it, it really is a no-brainer that the top four teams are all ones that have the more relatively settled squads, and I, I think it's very likely that Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, and Kolkata are going to be the last four. If you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago. I'd have said, absolutely, Delhi Capital's going to win this. But now Mumbai are having this little resurgence. I think under Morgan, we might see a shift in Kolkata. I think that's all dependent on Russell staying fit, because I think he's such a big balance for their team. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I would cautiously say I can't see Delhi and Mumbai not being in the final. What about you? Uh, I have to agree with you on that one, but then that means if we both agree on something, we're completely 100% yeah, wrong. So now Rajasthan so are going to win. Gonna say, I'm just going to say that I think um, RCB are going to win it for the first time, just so that we're covered. Okay, so we're covered on all bases, so it isn't going to go wrong, because as we've established, our track record of predictions is monumentally terrible. <laughs> um well, yeah, that's everything. I guess we'll uh, we'll check in again in a couple of weeks. As ever, thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on our socials, it's at 100report on Twitter and at the100report on Instagram. You can also follow us on YouTube and all of your podcast supplying areas. But that's it from me, and I will say ta for now, and we will see you on the next time. Bye-bye. See you soon.